Welcome back to the show. I'm here with Jean Carlos Gomez. I, I think I'm pronouncing your name right there. Also, he's known as JC, which is a lot easier to pronounce. Yes. And he is the co-manager of the South Florida Cold Fusion User Group, which actually is now a virtual user group. Anyone in the world can, can join in uh, there through Meetup. And uh, he is not only a dad and a husband, but web developer, musician. He owns Fuse Developments, and he created CrossTracker in case you do CrossFit and want to track how well you're doing. So uh, welcome, JC. Oh, hello, Michael. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, uh, yeah, so I know you're speaking at the upcoming Into the Box conference. And, um, you know, you're talking about WebSockets. And tell us a bit uh, about that. Uh, you know, what, first of all, maybe we better back up a bit. What the heck is a WebSocket in case people have never used it? I mean, I know it's been in Cold Fusion for a few versions now, but. That doesn't mean people even know it exists. <laughs> yeah. uh, WebSocket is uh, the ability to uh, send real-time uh, information back and forth between the server and the connected client, uh, you know, with, uh, with very, very little to almost no lag. Um, so, it, you know, rather than the user having to pull the server or look for information from the server, the server immediately, once it knows it has information that it can send to subscribe clients, it will do it in real time. So you... Can probably have worked in many websites where you see real-time things happening with uh, you having to refresh the site uh, in collaboration sites or games and most of these things are done with web sockets uh, might be trivial for some people to think they might think it might be difficult to to uh, to implement but it cold fusion makes it really really easy to start up and, and get going using this technology so you know something I'm sure everyone used is website chat, where there's a little chat app and you you yes. can chat back and forth. Is that something you can implement with WebSockets? Or that is, and that unfortunately at times is what people think WebSockets are for. So it gives the oh. uh, gives that interpretation where people are like don't might not want to see it because they think they're going to be introduced to a chat app. And although I will show you how to create a simple chat app because it shows a, you know a good way to handle events as people log in and log out and simple authentication. I will also show you other things that can be done with WebSockets in case you haven't thought of them before. One of them, we will uh, go through a live dashboard, which I use in a lot of my client sites. Actually, CrossTracker is, you know, one of the beautiful things about it is all this live information going in real time where people can interact with their phones, interact with kiosks and all that, and then have a dashboard where everything is updating in real time. Um, We'll, I'll also show you, um, you know, a quick collaboration form where you can be sending data in real time and see if somebody else is working on the form and have things actually change in the DOM in real time. I think those are really good examples to kind of give you an idea of how you can use this in other businesses. Uh, you can use it for dashboards, uh, just real time data. It makes it, it makes it fun to code that kind of stuff again. Um, so when you, when you say, when you say dashboards, that's like statistics on the company or whatever the system is. It could it be could, server be, info. Yeah, I mean, it could be, it could be, um, you know, it could be graphical, you know, gra- graphic data. So it could be visual data. It could be text. It could be messages that you can, you might want to push in the fly. Um, for instance, you know, I have an ordering system that, as orders get placed, they can move in real time across different statuses. So think about going to the airport and then you see your flights changing in real time. Uh, it's basically developing something similar to that. And how are you consuming that info? Are you, are you, you know, because you, I'm assuming WebSockets is just getting the data pushed 
uh, right. into so the when client. When you think about WebSockets, you're thinking about just pushing, you know, small pieces of data. Although you can push, you know, images and all that, the way I use it, it's more event-driven. So when an event probably happens that a user triggers it, uh, this particular data can be sent to the clients to either update the views or maybe take another action like fetch something from the server. But again, it uh, mm. helps with minimizing you know, the old pull type of, of request where you're continually asking the server for, is there something for me? Is there something for me? Taking those additional resources, you will not have to do this because as your application grows and you have hundreds and thousands and hopefully millions of connections doing this, uh, you know, the least amount of unnecessary traffic is what you want to achieve. And WebSockets... So when you're talking about an older way of doing it, are we talking like Ajax or some other technology? Right. So um, it would be, well, it would be, it's one of the ways it's called long polling. So the way that it would occur would be that the user would um, <clears throat> basically start up with a request from their client. Uh, so make an initial Ajax request. Ask the server if there's something, you know, um, if there's something for them. The server would then respond. At that time, you would set an interval or you do a timeout on your end that every time you get a response, maybe five seconds later, maybe 10 seconds later, you kind of ask the server again. And you can do this over a period of time. And imagine for an hour, you were doing this every, you know, let's say you were doing it every minute. That's for 60 requests that you're making. And you probably never even received any update. And of course, if you mm. make that smaller, that number just continues to increase. And then we increase it by clients. And you know uh, that all takes a certain hit on your web servers. With WebSockets, when the client connects, it, it creates a bi-directional connection that the server not only knows that the client is there, but the client also knows that the server is connected and they can send data back and forth. Now, when something triggers on the server, through that connection, that message can be sent in real time to not only one, but multiple connected clients that are set to receive that data. Again, it's mm. something that I think it's a lot more fun and easier to understand as you see it, uh, but definitely it's a technology that I love to play with. So and going back to the original way was you would basically pull that question over and over again, uh, and you would put that, that wait time on the client. There's also long polling on the server if it allows, which is you request an uh, um, update from the server again using Ajax, but now the server keeps that connection open and kind of just loops through it. And when after a certain specified amount of time, it knows whether to return, yes, I have a value for you or no, I don't. So as soon as it does, or maybe let's say, say keep this connection open for a minute before I need you to close it because this is a regular HTTP connection and there's a limitation on how many connections an actual server, what server can keep open. Uh, and this is where WebSocket comes in where it can keep multiple. I mean, I don't have the physical number, but I know it can go pretty high in tests that many smarter people than me have done. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so this can be keeping, you know, you can have your app on a phone. It could be on several uh, the screens and they're all kept pushed in Real sync app. with whatever the data is. And you can even go, you, you know, you can have your phone, computer, uh, tablets, and, you can even make connections with native apps. You know, native apps have mm. the ability, even though native apps also have push notifications that we all currently see where your app doesn't have to be connected. This, that, again, is something completely different than WebSockets. You know, WebSockets, your, the, your client needs to be connected. So it's kind of like push notifications where it isn't push notifications. You can actually close out your browser and the background, something like a service worker or 
something else that's available in the technology, we'll know the connection and send it to the client. Uh, here, you do have to be connected, um, but you can use this technology for websites, for native applications. Um, it's really, the possibilities are endless. It sounds really exciting. Now, I, I'm imagining some of the people listening are, are like thinking, well, that sounds really cool, but does that mean we have to have the latest version of Cold Fusion and have to pay for the enterprise license? Or what versions can you use this on? All right. So if you do want to start with this, um, you can start as early as Cold Fusion 10, although that does have some limitations. For instance, if it had a limitation of 100 clients, uh, and after 100 clients, what ends up happening is those connections, I believe, get pulled. Um, never really had a clear definition of what happens um, or they get queued, but by the time I needed to really know, Cold Fusion 11 came out and the team actually got rid of that, where there's no limitations on how many connections can be other than the limitation of your own server. Um, also, if you needed, uh, the reason why I didn't use it in 10 was because my website was, was an SSL website, so it was an HTTPS website. And in order to make a connection to a WebSocket server, you also need to connect to a secure server. Um, back in the day, browsers weren't really strict on that, except IE, but now all of them are. And if you try to connect to an unsecure WebSocket from a secure page, it's going to fail. So Cold Fusion 11 also made that possible. Uh, mm -hmm. But if you don't have Cold Fusion 10 or you don't have Cold Fusion 11, you can use other resources like Socket.io. Uh, this is a node server that runs on top of, um, on top of, I believe, the Express framework, or you can just use it standalone. Um, and again, it's something that is not too difficult to get set up, where you can either set up yourself, manage, manage it, test it, or you can uh, have it run off an Azure server, or you can do a paid-for service like Pusher or NubPub or PubNub. I'm sorry, PubNub is one of them. Um, so. And it's available. Do, do all the clients have to use the same WebSockets uh, service? You know, you, you, can you have uh, that other one you just mentioned, Socket.io, working together with the Cold Fusion uh, 2016 WebSockets? Well, or you, they've all got to be using the same one? No, they would have to be using the same one because it's a centralized point of all the communication. Uh, so if ah, I okay. message, all the clients need to know that that message has to be sent to my mm -hmm. channel, then I have to be subscribed to that channel on that server or cluster of servers. <clears throat> now, Socket.io mm -hmm. is completely different than ColdFusion. Uh, but the, okay. the API itself is at the web, at the web, um, excuse me, at the browser level. So that mm -hmm. is actually a J JavaScript API. Um, so that you will be okay. doing a lot of JavaScript if you go into this world. Um, what mm -hmm. ColdFusion gives you is the actual server, the one that's able to uh, listen for requests, listen for subscriptions, and push um, and push um, messages out, just like Socket.io can, or like any paid-for service. They're like your centralized okay. location for subscription and, and publishing. Also known, I believe, as, as PubSub. So if you're using the ColdFusion WebSocket server, you don't have to pay for an extra service in order to be able to do this? No, you do not. And if you're using ColdFusion 11, you got a pretty good one to work. ColdFusion 11 or higher. Um, yeah. The only thing that's required uh, in ColdFusion now for enterprise level is if you're doing clustering, which makes sense because you can only do clusters if you have the enterprise. Um, uh, the enterprise. Right, uh, but license. but if you have if you needed a cluster of web sockets, you've got a pretty big app to start with, so you probably could afford to go that way. Yep, and you're, and going, and to, and you're going into a realm that I yet have to uh, <laughs> have to support. 
<laughs> but I can I can show you how to get a cluster working though. And it's, right, it's, because it can ha you can handle a high volume on a single server. Yes, you can handle a high volume in a single server. Yes, yeah. you can. Yeah. And then what about the folks who use Lucy uh, CFML open source? Are I they able to do this stuff or? With, with Lucy, um, I believe there's a plugin. I still haven't messed around with it. There was a video made on it. I would, I'm going to try my best to give it a whirl before the presentation. Uh, but if I don't, the resources are out there. And if it does not work for you, because I believe it's still like in a beta stage, there's always Socket.io or any of those other you know, available paid for services. Again, Socket.io is completely free. It's open source. Cool. So you could set up a whole open source system that did yes. this stuff if you wanted to. Yes, actually, and that's what CrossTracker runs off. So CrossTracker actually runs off Socket.io. Because when I need and it, how are you how how are you using this in CrossTracker? You're keeping track of how many circuits people have done, or what? How many weights they've lifted? Or I don't quite. Uh, no, in uh, in CrossTracker, the way we use it, there's several different dashboards. But um, in a in a personal level, um, you use it to post to your profile in real time. Uh, but mm. you're part of a box, just like going to a CrossFit box. You have to, or any type of gym, you know, where you have to check in. So the check-in process is, is taken into consideration. As you check in, you show up on the dashboard for the class. When you finish your class and you put in your results, well, those results are put into real time into that dashboard. And there's also now another dashboard that comes into play called the stats board, which uh, uh, once you put results, you show up there and that's where you actually get ranked. And then coaches at a gym actually have a coach board that in real time, if you're not putting in your results, they can do it for you. And all those work together. So it's a whole ecosystem of just data being pushed in real time and, and updating various dashboards in real time. So you could be so, you could be watching a dashboard from anywhere in the world and just sit there and watch what happens every day. So that you get real time data being spread around the world using uh, web sockets. Yes. So I, I'm just thinking out loud. If it, I'm not suggesting anyone does this, but just suppose for fun you wanted to recreate the Tinder app, which is all a real-time push uh, and search thing where people can chat with each other and, and what have you. You could basically do that part of the application using this technology. Yes, yes, you can. I would say yes, you can. Yeah. Wow. So uh, and I, are you going to be showing code during your talk or...? Um, yeah, well, I've actually had one uh, talk before, which is really introduction to WebSockets. And I mm -hmm. showed some of these demos there and I got really good feedback. Again, it opens eyes to everybody that, um, it opens everybody's eyes to things that you can do with WebSockets. So what I plan to do with this new version of the presentation is actually get right into the code. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not going to sit there and explain to you what a WebSocket is and tell you the history of it or, you know, or what the, or, you know, how the web works. If you want to, we can sit down, we can discuss later, but I really want to get into coding. I am the kind of guy that likes to kind of code live, show you, because it gives you, that, it gives you that feeling that it can be done. You know, you're seeing somebody go through it, you can ask questions in real time, and then you can see a finished product. Um, so yes, we'll be going right into code, showing you examples and open for any type of questions that you may have or challenges. We may try something in real time. Sounds good. Well, a real-time coding talk for a real-time technology makes sense. Yes, yes. <laughs> so let, let's just switch subjects briefly. You know, I, I think you mentioned this is the first time you're going to Into the Box, but, you know, why, I know you're speaking there, but why else are you going? Um, into the Box, you know, it's, uh, I've always wanted to go. I've, it kind of has never, 
probably worked with my with my schedule, but this time if I were to say well, I'm going not only because I'm speaking, but also to just you know meet friends, network, and also learn from other peers. I mean that's what I really like about you know going to conferences. It lets me get away, see the people that I follow that you know inspire me, and just kind of have you know one-on-one conversations and learn from each other. I mean that's what we're that's why we do these things, you know. Yeah, it's a great place, you know, way to network, meet other people, learn new stuff, uh, and uh, make cold fusion friends that you know you probably keep for many years. Yes, yes. So, um, and and then I'm, you know, this is a question I've been asking people: Why are you proud to develop in cold fusion? Because I know you've been doing it for a while. But why, why are you proud to do that? I mean, I love the language. Uh, it was the first language I learned. Uh, I mean. You know, I, I learned it because I was a musician. I needed, uh, I went to a friend that said, I need a mailing list. I'm tired of carrying this big folder where people put in their emails. And my friend said, well, you know, there's a CF query tag, a CF output tag, and a CF mail tag. And I was in love. Uh, that's, the, that's the truth. <laughs> started. Uh, I have worked in other languages. I, you know, I, I'm proficient in .NET and PHP, and I do like all of them. And, uh, but still to this day, when I need to get a real quick, you know, just idea out, Cold fusion just seems to make it really simple to do. And, uh, and I think there's a lot of value in that. And I think it has a great community. You know, people might roll their eyes here and there, but you know, um, I believe it's a great language to this day and it has a lot of potential. Well, and I know you're doing a lot with the South Florida user group to make that community stronger. So, always, always, yeah, we, uh, we tend to meet online monthly, uh, from time to time, we may do a presentation, but I've changed it into more of a roundtable. So you're welcome to come if you have problems, if you have questions. That's what we want. We want engagement in our in our meetings. Um, you know, it's it, everybody's busy. Everybody's got a busy schedule, and uh, creating presentations is a lot of task for some people. And sometimes you don't get the topics right. So what I wanted was a group where we can communicate, talk about problems, give each other ideas, listen to each other, and even talk about other technologies because there is more than there's many technologies as web developers, you know? It's not just one thing anymore. You, you need a whole tool belt of things to do that make your life even easier and workflows, and we all learn from each other. And, and how could listeners find the South Florida user group if they were interested to check that out? Um, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cfugsfl. That's S-F-U-G-S-F-L. We're also online at cfug-sfl.org. And we, you can find us at Meetup. And now you kind of got me on a meetup.com slash south south hyphen Florida hyphen cold fusion hyphen users hyphen group. And we'll put all those links in the uh, show notes for this episode. So it's easier for folks to find them. And if if people wanted to find you, what's the best way for them to to connect with you? Well, with me, it's easy. Uh, It's uh, even though I go by JC, my first name and last name is how you want to find me. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's uh, my hashtag is Giancarlo Gomez. Uh, if you want to look at my GitHub, likewise, Giancarlo Gomez. Yeah, if you want to talk to me on Facebook, again, it's Giancarlo Gomez. So, um, and if you want to email me, just Giancarlo.Gomez at gmail.com. I'm pretty good with All right. responding. So if you want to reach out, I'm, I'm here to help. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for being with us on this episode. And good luck with your presentation. Thank you very much. Looking forward to seeing everybody.